the Srimad Bhatti, the chapter is called the disappearance of the Yadu dynasty. So we had completed till verse 14, so now we will start from verse 15 onwards. Riding on elephants and chariots, with flags flying and also on donkeys, camels, bulls, buffaloes, mules and even human beings. The extremely enraged warrior came together and violently attacked one another with arrows, just as elephants in the forest attack one another with their tusks. Now, we are experiencing a scene from Prabhasa. Now, in this particular scene, what is happening is everybody is turning against another person and they are fighting with each other. The chapter is called The Disappearance of the Yadu Dynasty. The Yadu Dynasty is the dynasty from where Sri Krishna was born. He was a Yadava. Now, everybody over there is turning against each other. You see, when a person is intoxicated by liquor and then he has something in his mind which is not going to be resolved, he always turns towards anger and fight. And this is exactly what happened. And everybody was turning against each other. They were fighting with each other, flags were flying, donkeys, camels, I mean all kinds of animals were also involved in the fight. And there was a very big battle going on. Their mutual enmity aroused. Pradyumna fought fiercely against Samba, Akrura against Kunti Bhoja, Aniruddha against Satyaki, Subhadra against Sang Sangamrit, Sumitra against Suratha and two Gadas against each other. This is exactly what happens with us also. One brother fights against another brother. You see, the idea is that everybody harbors an enmity against each other. Even though they are brothers and sisters, even though they are parents and children and this is a part and parcel of everybody's life. Take the case of the biggest family, the smallest unit also. There is always evil designs over there but we think that family is the greatest thing. Our idea that the family is putting together all of us in harmony whereas everybody is harboring ill against the other person. So, you can see over here, Pradyumna is fighting against Samba. It is brother against brother, one brother against another brother, Akrura against Kunti Bhoja. Why is this happening? There was a mutual enmity. The enmity stems right from childhood. The moment you are born, the enmity is born with you. Human beings are envious of each other. They do not like the other person. But we are hypocrites of the highest order. We like to say, oh, I am very nice to you. You are very nice to me. We will hug each other. You know, in a family, this is what happens. The parents will hug the child and say, you are such a nice, sweet child of mine. In their mind, they are saying, but you don't listen to me. You see, the whole point of this conversation is, why can you not listen to me? I am telling you, you should have married in our family. You should have done this. You should have done that. There are too many things going on or why are you against this person? Why are you talking like this? Why is this happening? And you know that enmity, that kind of evil design is there within every human being. There isn't a single human being on the planet earth who can say, oh, I am my brother, my sibling is the greatest, my sister is the greatest. Nobody will say that. If they are saying it, it is hypocrisy. There is always something, oh, she has got better than me. He has taken away the property. He has done this. You know, money. The enmity is about money, family, relationships, you name it. It may be the stupidest thing, you know. 
that the nephew has got something more. One nephew has got something more than the other nephew. And there you got it. So this is what happened. And they were fighting against each other over very, very silly and stupid issues. Other such, such as Nishita, Ulmuka, Sahasrajit, Sat, Satajit and Bhanu confronted and killed one another, being blinded by intoxication and thus completely bewildered by Lord Mukunda himself. This is a design. The design is very simply one killing the other person. Like I said, I will explain this concept to you what exactly happens. Completely abandoning their natural friendship and members of the various Yadu clans. Dasaras, Vrishnis, Andakas, Bhojas, Satvatas, Madhus, Arbudas, Mathuras, Surasena, Visarjanas, Kukuras and Kuntis all slaughtered one another. It's a free for all. You see, when something like this happens, even in a public venue, you know exactly how there are two sides to it. And these two sides will always turn against each other. You will have to take a side. If you are a part of that group, you will take a side. You will say, I am with this person and the other person will say, I am with that person. And then there is definitely going to be fight. Imagine you have lived the life together with each other, the entire lifetime. But when anger strikes you, when you are under the influence of liquor, you don't remember anything. The headiness destroys everything, everything. We say that truth comes out when a person is drunk. Isn't that what people say? Okay, when somebody is drunk, the truth will come out. What kind of truth are we talking about? This truth is the most meanest thing on earth. Truth means the divine truth and divine truth is never found over there. What comes out is evil. This person did like this, that person did like that. I want to show you, I want to show that person. Isn't that what happened? Just imagine a husband and wife also when they get married. They have got married so that they can live in harmony. But when something happens, what do you do? When there is a slight, there is a very silly issue and that issue sparks a battle. And finally it ends up in a divorce, finally it ends up in murdering each other and so many bad things happen. Now it is written over here, thus completely bewildered by Lord Mukunda himself. Lord Mukunda is Krishna. Why would Krishna want to bewilder anybody? Think about it. There has to be some design in this, isn't it? And this design is run by the Maya, the Shakti of the Divine Lord. The idea that the Divine Lord created human beings for betterment. He did not create them so that they can destroy each other. And now think about it, isn't that the reason why in the first Yuga, in the Krita Yuga, everybody was given divine life. There was no evil there. There was nothing wrong there. Everybody was good and things were going on smoothly. But then human beings don't like things going very smoothly. They always have to go and tweak something somewhere. You know, if everything goes very smoothly, do you think things will work? No, human mind is such, it will find faults in everything. Even if you give them the greatest of the thing on planet earth, let us say you have got the best place to stay. You have got a beautiful house. You are living in the valley. You have got water, electricity, everything over there. You have got big cars. You have got a parking garage. You have got everything. You know in California, they have millions of dollars which they spend on their mansions. How many days do people live over there? Think about it. They spend money in Mumbai. And in, you know, various other big places in this world, in London, New York, 
There are big apartments that a person buys, big palatial mansion-like things. How much time do they stay over there? No, not at all. They are finding faults with that. Then they have to find a new place. Then a new place. Then a new place. Why do they accumulate so many properties? Why do all the rich people accumulate so many properties? They have a property in Switzerland. They will say, oh, that is for my holiday. And then what happens? It's very cold over there. So in summer, I go somewhere else, you know. In summer, I go there and in winter, I go somewhere else. We are never happy with what we have. We are always searching for something better. But is there anything better out there? The better is in your mind only, isn't it? How you experience the today is very, very important. It is not important that we have to experience tomorrow. Tomorrow is not good. You see, we always think tomorrow is going to be better. How do you know that? Why are you not experiencing the today nicely? So here, these brothers and relatives are fighting with each other. And all this is Maya's creation. Completely abandoning their natural friendship. The members of the various Yadu clans. These are the Yadu clans. These are the clans which come together. You see, in a family, we have so many family members, you know. They do belong to different, different lineages, you know. You have grandfather, grandfather's brother. Now, he may have his wife. Those are your grandmother, grandmother's sisters. How many clans are together? Lots of clans. And everybody has some grouse against the other. You know, this whole world talks about Ikigai and all those beautiful stuff. And yesterday there was one great study conducted by a great university which said, you know, among the top three things it said, family life is the best. When you have such kind of members in the family, I, I don't know how you say family life is the best. The best is to stay alone. But then the question will arise. You see, people will always have this thing in the mind, you know. If you are alone, who is going to take care of you? You got the point? If you fall sick, if you fall down, something happens to you. Who is going to take care of you? Well, the Lord has designed his plan in such a way that he has already put somebody in place. And if you were to go through a torturous life, then that is also planned. So even if you have a relative with you, that might also be a plan. Who knows, you know, husbands and wives, parents and children, they have this great idea. Who is going to take care of you? Who will look after you when you fall sick? Who is going to, you know, all kinds of nonsense. I want you to think very carefully. If you think you have your parents or your wife or your husband, are they actually going to take care of you? Have you not seen? When something actually goes wrong, the person runs away from there, you know. Let us say there is a, somebody has got hurt badly. There is blood flowing all over the place. And that person runs away from there. The other person who is supporting will run away from there. I am afraid to see blood. I don't want to go into that operation theater because you see, if I see blood, I will faint over there. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And this hard fact cannot be understood. Today, there are some great families which are there out there. Do you think they are friends? They are brothers against brothers. Parents against children. Whether it is a political family or whosoever. Everybody is against each other. So please remember this. The natural friendship that is there between people doesn't last in adversities. In very adverse circumstances. People fight with each other. They just have a little more extra to drink and then things go haywire. That means life is so frivolous, isn't it? Relationships thus bewildered. Sons fought with fathers. Brothers with brothers. 
nephews with paternal and maternal uncles and grandson with grandfather. Friends fought with friends and well-wishers with well-wishers. In this way, intimate friends and relatives all killed one another. Everybody killed one another. The question which may arise in your mind then, then who is good? If you are denying all this, if this holy book itself is saying these words, this is the holy book, please remember this. We cannot discount the truth in the holy book. And the holy book is telling you absolute truth. Uh, that is the premise you are supposed to start with. You know that, no? You cannot dispute that it is wrong. You have to, dis you have to say that it is right. And then try to prove it right. Here, the atheist and other people will try to prove it wrong. And they will say, no, these words are wrong. Fathers and sons are not against each other. Brothers are not against brothers. Can you say that words? You cannot say these words. The brothers are against brothers. Brothers are against sisters. Sisters are against sisters. Sisters are against brothers. Everything works like this only. The world has been created like that. And you cannot say that this is not the truth. It is the truth. If one sister gets more than the other one, there is jealousy over there. And one is willing to kill another one. For what reason? No reason at all. Just for that stupid stuff. So, I asked you the question, then where is the truth? Where does this happiness lie? The important part is, you are the self. You are the self. The self is alone. Self is God. Being alone with the self, being united with the divine, you are blissful itself. You don't need any other person. You see, even in motivational speeches, please remember this, you are your greatest friend. And you are your greatest enemy also. Some person we, you will say, no, nobody is motivating me. Why do you require motivation from anywhere? Motivate yourself. Get out of that rut of yours. You alone can change the world. I don't think Buddha required any, any assistance. Right? Buddha required assistance? No. Jesus required assistance? No. Yeah, they did sacrifices. That is the truth. Think about the other people. Nobody requires assistance. Ramakrishna Paramahansa also never required assistance. In this world, you alone are capable of everything. Don't think you are not. And this capability stems from the reason that there is God within you. There is divinity within you. Just allow the divinity to shine. Not the evil aspect of it. Everybody has evil. Just, just now, did I not tell you? One person has evil designs against the other. Brothers are against brothers, sisters are against sisters, paternal, maternal uncles against each other, grandfathers against grandsons, friends against friends. All this is, is natural, it's natural. But the self is not against the self. You are the self. Remember, you are the self and you are, you are, you are full of yourself. Not that egoistic self, but the divine self. When all their bows have been broken and the arrows and the other missiles spent, they seize the tall stalks of cane with their bare hands. They were wading in the waters over there, if you recollect, in Prabhasa. It's a lake. So what they did, they took out the reeds, the long stems. And now they are going to fight with each other with that. As soon as they took these cane stalks in their fist, the stalks changed into iron rods as hard as thunderbolts. With these weapons, the warriors began attacking one another again and again. And when Lord Krishna tried to stop them, they attacked him as well. On the previous verse, it is written that it is by Krishna's design, Mukunda's design. No, it is Maya's design. Please remember, Maya is not Mukunda. Mukunda and Maya, though are the same, but Maya is different. Here, Krishna is trying to save them. 
he says don't fight with each other he's brought them over there so that they can talk to each other sort out their issues and so on and so forth in their confused state o king they also mistook lord balrama for an enemy weapon in hand they ran towards him with an intention of killing him so even adishesh balrama everybody thought balrama is also their enemy and now krishna you are interfering you are also our enemy now imagine you know two brothers are fighting in in a house or parents are against a child now there is a son who is a nasty guy okay i mean please understand everybody is nasty nobody is an exception okay nobody is godly in nature everybody has that evil designs in them please understand this is a public statement please understand that everybody is like that okay no exceptions not me also <laughs> so and there is no exceptions everybody is like that but everybody has goodness also isn't it everybody has goodness also but when things go like this what happens only the evil remains what happens in a war when two nations are fighting with each other destruction isn't it so they don't look left right and center even if you have your brother fighting you you know your brother <laughs> they will kill that person because that is how the designs are so they were confused by the liquor and by their anger and they also raised their hands on balram o son of kurus krishna and balram then became very angry picking up the cane stalks they moved about within the battle and began to kill with their clubs the violent anger of these warriors who were overcome by the brahmana's curse and bewildered by lord krishna's illusory potency now led them to the annihilation just as the fire that starts in a bamboo grove destroys the entire forest so krishna also joined the fray he also took up the reed and he also started fighting with others now in this please remember we think we always think like this he is a divine lord he is not supposed to get angry he is not supposed to die isn't that what we think god is not supposed to die when he has taken a human form he is not supposed to get angry he is supposed to have control at all times come on this is you are under very false understanding this is not correct the lord feels the pain the lord gets angry everything happens because he is in a body i told you that it is something which is against dharma dharma you understand goodness something is against goodness something which is going against the stream something which is evil in design naturally he is going to be against that so he also takes up a cudgels he takes up a reed and starts fighting and they are killing each other this violent anger of these warriors the curse of the brahmana was very strong please remember one thing never curse another person never the curse will play out and it will play for you as well because you see the moment you curse somebody that person will have to be born and you will have to experience the same thing in your next life it's a karma so it's a back and forth reaction so don't curse anybody don't say anything bad against another person never say evil you know never say speak anything evil against another person don't refrain refrain from talking against another person do not speak because the curse can work out your words can come true and then if they come true you have created a karma which you have to repay come whatever may you may be born in yadu family you may be born as krishna's son it does not matter please remember this and the same is true for krishna as well when he takes birth 
he has to go through his karmic actions of the body. The body is the one which has karma, not him. He is the self. But here, the body is fighting, isn't it? So, when all the members of his own dynasty were thus destroyed, Lord Krishna thought to himself that at last the burden of the earth has been removed. Now, when all this thing was happening, people died in very large number. And Krishna says, yes, now the burden of the earth has been removed. All the evil that was there, connected to the family members and people, related, friends, this, that, everybody died. So, he just felt one with the divine. Now, what happens? You see this. Even Adishesh, which is Balrama. Lord Balrama then sat down on the shore of the ocean and fixed himself in meditation upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Merging himself within himself, he gave up the mortal world. Now, see what is it I told you just a few ten minutes back. Who is your greatest friend? The Self. This is written over here. That Lord Balrama, who had killed so many people before this, what did he do? He just sat at the edge of the seashore, lost in himself and gave up his mortal coil. He just vanished by dying. He gave up his mortal world. Lord Krishna, the son of Devaki, having seen the departure of Lord Rama, that is Balrama, sat down silently on the ground under a near pipala tree. So Krishna, he sees his brother dying in a similar manner. What does he do? He just sat, sits down near a pipala tree over there. Now he is going to await his death. The Lord was exhibiting his brilliantly effulgent four-armed form. The first time after Bhagavad Gita, Krishna was sitting under the pipala tree in his original form, the Vishnu form, you know, the four-armed form. Narayana, the way he is, effulgent four-armed form, the radiance of which, just like a smokeless fire, dissipated the darkness in all direction. His complexion was the color of dark blue cloud and his effulgence the color of molten gold. And his all-auspicious form bore the mark of Srivats. A beautiful smile graced his lotus face. Locks of dark blue hair adorned his head. His lotus eyes were very attractive and his shark-shaped earrings glittered. He wore a pair of silken garments, an ornamental belt, the sacred thread, bracelets and arm ornaments, along with a helmet, the kaustub, jewel, necklaces, anklets and other royal emblems. Encircling his body were flower garlands and his personal weapons in the embodied form. As he sat, he held his left foot with its lotus red sole upon his right thigh. He has a very peculiar way of sitting. No? So, he sat down in a particular manner. And this effulgent form that is there, is not the Krishna that was fighting. Not the Krishna that was It is a divine form because it's a four-arm form. He had everything adorning his body. The face, to the earrings, to his ringlets, you know, curly hair he had a little bit, to the kaustub jewel, to everything literally, you know, his ornaments, his garments, his beautiful flower garlands, everything. Now, I want you to think very carefully. He has just fought like a crazy person over there. How can he have this kind of a thing? So, the form that was there was a divine form. Now, take this verse and visualize in your mind how Krishna is, how he looks like. This verse actually tells you how Krishna is. He looks exactly like that. And the way he sits. If you can visualize that in your mind's eye, you will understand the beauty of this entire divine 
creation. That is this forearm form. You know why I said it's a creation? It is because at the end of the day, the Supreme Divine Consciousness has created a body for Himself. And this is the purest form of the body that can be there. Just then a hunter named Jara, who had approached the place, mistook the Lord's foot for a deer's face. Thinking he had found his prey, Jara pierced the foot with his arrow, which he had fashioned from the remaining iron fragments of Samba's, Samba's club. Samba's club is a story which goes back in time. Correct? This is a story I have repeated hundreds of times. For your sake, I will repeat it once again. Once upon a time, Durvasa Muni with along other Munis had come to visit Dwarka. At that point in time, Samba, the third wife's son, Jambavati's son is Samba. Now, Jambavati, if you recollect, is a girl from the previous life, you know, Ajram. So, Jambavati's son Samba was playing with all his other friends and he was enacting a pregnant woman's role. Suddenly, when Durvasa Muni comes in front of him, now they are carrying a pestle. Pestle means you remember when children take some kind of a thing to fight each other and they create all these kind of situations. So he was carrying that. It was an iron pestle. So when Durvasa Muni asked him the question, where can I meet Krishna? So all his friends and Samba, they said, can you not see this woman is pregnant? She is having pains. He had stuck the pestle in his pocket and they had created a, a tummy kind of a thing. So, Durvasa Muni, who is always used to, you know, having anger sitting at the tip of his nose, said, You don't want to tell me this? Okay, this pestle will be the cause of the destruction of your entire clan. This pestle was then taken by Krishna and other members, made into small bits because of that curse and then thrown somewhere far away. So, it was in this Prabhasa and this pestle became the reeds. Okay. Now, one of those parts of the pestle was lying in the water which was eaten by a fish. Jara is the person who was fishing in that place. He found the fish and when he cut open the fish, he found the tiny bit of metal inside. The metal was very sharp. So, he fashioned it into a point of an arrow and that is the arrow which pierced Krishna. So, did you get the whole story? So, it all culminated like this. So, it is always better never to utter any bad words. Try to say good words only. Isn't it? You need to show your goodness. Even Durvasa Muni, when he cursed, though he was following the royal edict, a command given by God, but at that point in time, it cannot be understood. So, coming back to this story. So, Jara, he takes the arrow, and he looks in the other direction, sees Krishna over there, but he doesn't understand he is Krishna because he can only see the yellow garment and the leg and the, you know, the foot looks like the deer's face. So, he hits, he pierces the foot with the arrow. Then seeing the four-arm personality, the hunter began, the hunter became terrified of the offense he had committed and he fell down, placing his head upon the feet of the enemy of the demons. So, Jara comes near Krishna and he says, Oh my God, this is Krishna. I have hit him. I should not be doing this. Jara said, Oh Lord Madhusudana, I am most sinful person. I have committed this act out of ignorance, O pure Lord. O Uttam Shloka, please forgive this sinner. So, he says, Please, can you forgive me? I have done this without knowledge. O Lord Vishnu, the learned say, that from any man, Constant remembrance of you will destroy the darkness of ignorance. 
Oh master, I have wronged you. The only way of redemption is to take the name of the Lord. Constantly. Always. So he says, I have done something wrong. So please forgive me. I need this. Therefore, O Lord of Vaikuntha, please kill this sinful hunter of animals immediately so that he may not again commit such offenses against saintly persons. So Jara says to Krishna, please kill me. You know, I should not have done this kind of a thing. And henceforth also, I don't want to do this kind of a thing. So it is better that I die. Neither Brahma nor his sons headed by Rudra nor any other great sages who are the masters of the Vedic mantra can understand the functions of your mystic power. Because your illusory potency has covered their sight, they remain ignorant of how your mystic power works. Therefore, what can I say such a low-born person possibly say? This is a great profound words from the mouth of Jara. Now, what is he saying? He is saying something very, very unique. Even Brahmaji or for that matter any of the gods that are created, the deities, can never understand the Vedic potency, the potency of the Divine Lord Maya. They may be masters of Veda. They can understand everything. But nobody can understand the power of the Lord's Maya. So please understand this. It is not Krishna who is doing this. Remember the Krishna that we saw in the previous verse? He is that divine person sitting over there. But who is the one who is covering him? It is called Maya. So he says in this verse it is mentioned, no great sage, no Brahma, no Rudra, nobody can understand the functions of your mystic power. Nobody can even say what is going to happen because your illusory potency has covered their sights. They remain ignorant of your mystic power works, how your mystic power works. The human beings, animals, birds, this entire universe, the lords of this universe, the gods, the demons, you name it, the sages, the saints, nobody has got the power to understand this great divine power of the Lord called Maya. Nobody. And it can never be understood. So Jara is saying to Krishna, Krishna, this power of yours, I can never understand, you see. So please forgive me. I am a low-born person. What can I say about this power of yours? What is he, why is he saying the power of yours? Because it's the power of the Divine Lord only which made him shoot that arrow into his foot, isn't it? The Supreme Personality of God had said, My dear Jara, do not fear, please get up. What has been done is actually my own desire. With my permission, now go to the abode of the pious, the spiritual world. So Krishna picks him up and says, Don't worry Jara, I only wanted you to kill me. And you have done this. So I am using you to do this work for me. So don't worry about it. Uh, this is a very, very peculiar sentence over here. It's the same sentence that is there even in the Bible. Hardly anybody sees that sentence. The sentence talks about that Judas was impelled by the divine force of the Lord to sell him. Correct? Do you think Judas has the power to do that on his own? It isn't in the divine Lord which made him do that. Many a times people mistake this for something that happens in their own world. People say, I am doing evil because God made me do this. No, it is not like that. This is a design. Jara is a design. Human beings are not a design that way. They are run by their karma. There is a very big difference there. Their karma is designing their life. It is the karma which makes a person go through hell. And who is working over there? The divine potency of the Lord only. Maya is working, not the Lord. He is not interested in all this. At that time, so instructed by the Supreme Lord Krishna, 
who assumes his transcendental body by his own will. The hunter circumambulated the Lord three times and bowed down to him. Then the hunter departed in an airplane that was appeared just to carry him to the spiritual sky. So the hunter has finished his job and Jara is now going away to the divine place. He has finished his role. Everybody plays a role, you know that, no? Everybody is playing different, different roles. We are all here to play roles. And when the role is finished, curtains for you. So, you have to go away. At that time, Daruka was searching for the master, Krishna. As he neared the place where the Lord was sitting, he perceived the aroma of tulsi flowers and in breeze and went in that direction. Wherever the divine Lord is, wherever, you will always find this beautiful fragrance around him. The fragrance of the tulsi, the fragrance of chandan, the fragrance of the Kadamba trees is always around him. The Parijata, you know. These are the flowers and these are the trees, these are the fragrances that follow Krishna all over the place. At that time, Daruka was searching. Daruka is his, you know, Sarathi. He is searching for Krishna. So, what he does? He goes near the place where this scent is wafting of the Tulsi leaves. So, he goes in that direction. Upon seeing Lord Krishna resting at the foot of a banyan tree surrounded by his shining weapons, Daruka could not control the affection he felt for his heart. His eyes filled with tears as he rushed down to the chariot and fell at the Lord's feet. Daruka also comes near that place. He sees the Lord is hurt over there and he comes near him. Daruka said, just as on a motionless night, moonless night, people are merged into darkness and cannot find their way. Now that I have lost sight of your lotus feet, O Lord, I have lost my vision and I am wandering blindly in darkness. I cannot tell my directions nor can I find any peace. The Lord is dying. The arrow has hit his feet and he is about to give up his life. The next chapter is on that. So, Daruka comes near him. Daruka is his charioteer, Sarathi, charioteer, somebody who rides his chariot. Okay. So, he comes near him, looks at the feet of the Lord and says, I have lost my vision because the Lord is dying. Sukhdev Goswami continued, O foremost of kings, while the chariot driver was still speaking, before his very eyes, the Lord's chariot rose into the sky along with its horses and its flag, which was marked with the emblem of Garuda. All the divine weapons of Vishnu rose and followed the chariot. The Lord, Janardana, then spoke to his chariot driver, who was most astonished to see all this. There is a scene enacted over here. that The chariot rises into the air. Okay, And when the chariot rises into the air, what happens? All the weapons and the Divine Lord is there standing in this great chariot. And he is speaking to his charioteer. Oh driver, go to Twarka and tell our family members how the loved ones destroyed one another. Also tell them of the disappearance of Lord Shankarshana and of my present condition. So Krishna is telling Daruka. See Daruka is seeing that chariot from above. You understand there are two chariots. One year and one year. One which is coming from above. Which is... The Divine Lord is it. And here Daruka has come with his chariot. So Krishna who is lying there on the ground. You remember he was sitting there with that feet like that. So he is telling Daruka these words. He says, please go to Dwarka and tell everybody over there what has happened. How everybody has killed each other including Balrama. They have all died. Isn't it? And the present condition of the Lord. You and your relatives should not remain in Dwarka the capital of the Yadus, because once I have abandoned the city, it will be inundated by the ocean. So, what he says, go to your family, tell them about this and then run away from there. Go, don't, don't stay. Nobody should stay in Dwarka after this. 
the city is going to go under water the ocean is going to gobble it up right you should all take your own families together with my parents and under arjuna's protection go to indraprastha so he says you take the people who are remaining in the family that is all the wives and all that remember all that so those who are remaining back in dwarka please tell all of them to pack all their belongings and start the journey towards indraprastha indraprastha is delhi where today's delhi is that place is called indraprastha who is there in indraprastha okay yudhishthir is there right so yudhishthir is there the pandavas are there please let everybody go over there shift to that place and stay over there you daruka should be firmly situated in devotion to me remaining fixed in spiritual knowledge and unattached to material consideration understanding this pastimes to be a display of my illusory potency you should remain peaceful so don't get carried away by what you saw just that was my design that was my plan so don't cry don't feel bad about the whole thing just go and do what i am telling you to do go back to the city tell everybody what has happened pack all your belongings and move to indraprastha don't show that you know that crying and stuff like that he says be the divine person be devoted to me okay remain in the spiritual world what is the spiritual knowledge and unattached to material consideration what exactly is this it talks about a person to be in silence contemplative meditative not ball away to glory and say oh my god somebody is dead nobody no you are not supposed to that is only a show silence is important you have to understand the truth in this the ordered daruka circumambulated the lord and offered obeisances unto him again and again he played lord krishna's he placed lord krishna's lotus feet upon his head and then with a sad heart went back to the city so daruka then goes back to the city he doesn't stay over there so this brings us to the end of chapter 30 it is called the disappearance of the yadu dynasty it's a very sad thing that everybody has died the lord is about to die the next chapter will be the disappearance of lord sri krishna which we will do tomorrow so we have come to the end of this chapter 30 so i will stop over here i will see you all tomorrow. so take care have a very good day